Who's wrong and who's wronger? In this corner, followed by Millions James, the exploding unicorn, Breakwell. And in that corner, ignored by Millions, Steve Dosh, Rinko Levers. By the power of Greystone, we are back, baby. By fits and starts this morning, but back nonetheless, I've got the exploding unicorn, James Breakwell. So delighted to be with me. Marginally tolerable today because it's been a good five or so weeks, but James, you're looking bright, spry, chipper, and bushy-tailed. How are you really doing today? I think the important question is, how are you? Are you overwhelmed with joy and awe to be in my virtual presence again? Do you feel yourself shaking with emotion? Are you just holding back the tears? Please describe the physical sensations you are feeling to hear my voice. I'm, 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 I'm actually getting the vapors right now. <laughs> I'm swooning just a little bit, and I'm starting to schwitz. I mean, I can tell. I've got the air conditioner cranked. And yet I'm still, I'm glistening with perspiration in your presence, James. I had to, to keep up with your life, to keep up with your many, many disasters during the gap, I had to actually occasionally look at your Twitter account. And I, I, felt, <laughs> I felt like a commoner, like I was on the outside looking in, that, that suddenly I no longer had a front view seat to all the disasters in your life. And I feel like... This episode should just be 25 minutes of you talking about how everything you ever touch is awful. But I'm, I'm just going to open up the floor to you to take us where we need to go to the peak, to the pentacle disaster uh, while we were apart. Well, I will say, James, and I know you have no way of relating to this, but I have been grinding away working for the man for about five weeks now, and I don't know how people do it. It's... It's oppressive, James. Uh, do you have any means of understanding what I'm talking about? As someone who has never worked a day in his life, no, of course <laughs> not. I live a life of leisure and ease. Yeah, leisure. Yes, mostly just hanging out on my, uh, you know, on my yacht bought to me by, uh, bought for me by my parents. As uh, as you can all tell by my <laughs> extravagant lifestyle here in the middle of Indiana, it's a dry docked yacht. It just sits in a cornfield, but you know, it's it's sure. special. No, I uh, yeah, I've I've had a day job pretty much since I was 16. So yes, you have now joined the ranks of misery where the rest of us have dwelled this entire time. And I love that after just a few weeks, it's close to breaking you. Just This is what it feels like to be one of the regular, the regular slubs in the world. Yeah, James, I'm, I'm wearing a lanyard with a code key so I can get into the building. Wow. I, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's, I, I don't think this is a fate that should befall anyone, and yet here I am. So I, I, I'm a little bit beside myself. I, I don't even know what's happening on the ranch, James, because I'm never there. Man. I'm, always, I'm always just uh, nose to the grindstone, you know what I'm saying? Well, I think we all know that my own specialness was always a facade. I have, I have been a nose-to-the-grindstone day job guy for forever with a, uh, a weird internet writing thing going on on the side. But, uh, you know, my internet life was, was semi-impressive. If you, if you stood way, way back and didn't know any of the actual details, uh, including the peak of that was when I got my own Wikipedia page. And I only got it because I believe we talked about it like 500 episodes ago on here. (laughs) And someone took pity on me and went out and, uh, and made one. 
But let me tell you something, Steve. Um, a tragedy yeah. has befallen my page. Uh, oh no! What happened? They uh, they knocked me down some pegs, like like 15 pegs. It was pretty devastating. Now that before oh. my old profile, it was like it was like four lines, and it listed like half of my books, and that was it. It was not it yeah. was not an extravagant page, other than showing that my internet persona exists. It didn't really do much to you know fluff my ego too much. Well, they uh, they. <laughs> They, they, they went on it pretty hard. So first of all, they took down my profile picture. It's gone. So I am no longer even, oh, no! I'm no longer even worthy of like a, a picture. So that's like a step down. Like I'm in the basement of, of Wikipedia pages already. Then I looked at the notes, like the, the red flags that Wikipedia puts on there or that other users put on there. Uh, one, yeah. there's no links to anything else. Like there's no outgoing links to anything else in Wikipedia. I am completely disconnected and unimportant in the world uh but the worst part was this it's it, 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 it knocked down there's like two sentences about me and then it's just a list of books which is fine because i mean honestly i don't even deserve the two sentences but the worst part oh, you are nothing if not humble. yes right. yes. yes i mean i you know i probably deserve like 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 a sentence like fragment at most but there was <laughs> i checked the notes and one of them accused the article of wikipuffery Wicca, what is that? puffery, Steve. That I was building up my own accomplishments. What's going to do? I didn't. I didn't build or edit this page. But the way that my my non-existent <laughs> accomplishments on this page were obviously exaggerated, and even that much could not be attributed to me. puffery, Steve. I think this is a new low. This. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I. Uh, yeah. I didn't. They made up a word just to insult me and tear down my ego a little more. So all those times, all those times you pointed out uh, how I was not a celebrity, Wikipedia agrees with you so hard. They probably were listening to you and went and invented a word and stripped down my profile. And now here I am back with you, two guys with day jobs talking on the internet. <laughs> James, your giant poster is hanging wall of fame adjacent in my office wait did it make it to the new office the office that you don't own but that somebody else owns well no oh, oh. i still have my old office until october because <laughs> the lease runs out <laughs> so Man. i don't know if i'm gonna take that poster down when i move out i will just leave it for a, as a site to behold for the new tenant. I spent actual money on that poster, Steve, and I know you know I how know. that hurts me. So I, I would I would be I devastated if you left it behind. I think you should take it and hang it in your own home, perhaps over the fireplace, so that as you sit there at night sipping cognac and holding your rat that you think is a dog, you can think of me, the most unimportant man on Wikipedia. Oh, James, like I can afford cognac. I don't even have a fireplace in my log cabin. It's such a sad state of affairs out on Rattlesnake Ranch. Isn't that... But you not only had to spend money, but you had to fight through a wall of Judy. Oh. Super fan. Judy was... Uh, she she was holding the fort as the gatekeeper to, the, to my address when you sent that. But I do remember coming home one day and having it sitting on the kitchen table waiting for me. That was a day that I'd like to take out of my life's memory, eternal sunshine of the spotless mind style. <laughs> but I will say, 
While I will not be sipping cognac, this is one of the most ham-handed segues in the history of podcasts, even though neither of us is a celebrity. But I do have a book that comes out today Ooh. as we record this on Thursday, James, called MTV Famous. And so I'm very excited about that. You were on a brief hiatus from this show because you just finished a book. You've got a second edition of something coming out that I think you will be excited to announce. But please go to Amazon.com and look me up. MTV Famous. It's only out in hardcover right now. But uh, it's, it's good. And it's endorsed. James, I know these names mean nothing to you. But I have actual quotes endorsing this on the cover by Brett Michaels of Poison, D. Snyder of Twisted Sister, and this one. I got to sit down and uh, get a tissue because I still get emotional over this. One of the guys in Kiss, Ace Fraley, has a quote on a book that I wrote. James, the world is exploding all around me. So cognac might not be in the cards, but cheap bottom shelf rum and a cigar tonight will be on the menu at Rattlesnake Ranch. Which musician is this book actually about you didn't you didn't actually say what the book is about oh jesus <laughs> <laughs> you need to you need to get better at this shameless self-promotion thing i have been on here selling literally single digit quantities of books through the medium of podcasts you can take it for me uh -huh. somebody who's very experienced in this you need, to, you need to give a little more detail yeah sorry uh the artist's name is pete evick and uh he had his own group called Evic, and he is now Brett Michaels' right-hand man in the Brett Michaels band, his co-writer on all the songs they're putting out. And uh, they're about today, in yeah. fact, in Detroit. I don't know when this podcast will drop, probably tonight. But uh, they're starting the Party Gras tour with Night Ranger, Jefferson Starship, Mark McGrath from Sugar Ray, which is kind of in your genre, James Breakwell. And a dude named Steve Algeri, who sang for Journey, sang for Taiketo, and now he is out solo. But I'll be going up to Chicago on my birthday and uh, sitting around backstage with a glass of cognac, hanging with all those guys. I can't be more excited, James. Pete Evick and Steve Olivas, MTV Famous. So, for two points. First of all, my uh, my genre of music is just bad music in general. Like I always, you know, when they do those algorithms on like the streaming services, they can, they can't figure out yeah. what I like. They're just like, oh, so we we see that you like terrible songs. Here, take this other random thing, and more often than not, that I, I like it. I just it, it has the algorithm has quantified my lack of taste. So don't please don't insult these these artists by attributing them with me. Uh, second of all, I am alarmed and impressed by the rate at which yeah. you turn out books. So I just finished the sequel to The Chosen 12. It was ju due June Yay! 30th. I had 10 months to write it. I put it off pretty much till the end. Had to pull not an all-nighter, but an all-monther to finish it. Turned it in on June 29th, one day before the deadline. But you write like 16 books a year which I don't know, but while sitting in a bathroom typing on a card table. So how, how many books do you actually write a year? Uh, it depends. I've, the next, um, I just started one last week and I'm 14,000 words in. I've got another one lined up after that. And then I, a, a guy from a radio station here just reached out to me and said, I got a friend who uh, was in the mothers of invention with frank zappa that needs a book and so i said eh, let me i'll get in touch with him and then another artist reached out i'm 
I'll tell you what, man, this thing is gaining momentum and it's it's super exciting. And I know I tell you more behind the scenes than we talk about on this podcast, but I really am psyched about where all this is headed. Uh, um, the book I'm working on currently is my 11th book, and I've got four out now. I, I don't know if I'm going to get two more out this year. There's a there, there's a holdup called I need the artist to work on their end of the book, and that never goes as quickly as I would like. But it's uh, it's starting to turn into fireworks for me. That was point one. Point two is you've at least heard of the band Sugar Ray, haven't you? Yes, I have heard of Sugar Ray and have oh, no less God. than one of their songs on my terrible song playlist. Okay. Okay, good. I, I was going to get quite upset if you'd never heard of Sugar Ray because you, you didn't cop to it after I said it was in your genre. I have, I think, heard of almost all of the bands you shamelessly name drop today. I can't tell you anything <laughs> about them, but I do know that they exist and that you are more likely than not not making them up. <laughs> well, your sequel coming out, you're also, you're, you're one of the busiest guys that I know. You just don't happen to write on a card table in a bathroom because you have a, a regal Victorian <laughs> manner in which you live. I, uh, yes, clearly that is, that is the case, but I, I write in that, uh, wedged over here in a corner beside a staircase. And when the kids wake up, I have to yell at them to be quiet, lest their loud elephant like footsteps disrupt the pristine quality of our podcast. Uh, I do have another book coming out, uh, in a, at the end of this month, uh, July 25th, uh, you can't be a pterodactyl. My Ooh. first children's picture book I wrote this thing, Ooh. I went back and looked, because uh, this is the first one I've had coming out with a big five publisher. It's coming out with an imprint of, uh, it's, it's Nancy Paulson's imprint with uh, Penguin Random House. And uh, I, wrote, I wrote this book and sold it to her in 2019. And it's coming out oh. now. It is. It has been in the in the gears of the publishing industry for a long, long time. Uh, but now I have a couple wow. uh, boxes of it here in the house. It's going to be hitting bookstores. And now I am in shameless self promotion mode. So I finished that the manuscript for the Chosen Twelve too. It's uh, but that has to go through the editorial process. And no sooner had I kicked that out the door than I had to shift into shamelessly promoting this book, this wonderful, lovely, perfect children's book that I barely remember writing from a million years ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. And uh, Big Five, what he means by that is that the entire publishing industry globally is kind of controlled by five publishing houses. And the goal of everyone is to break in to one of those. And James, Penguin, that's stupid, man. Awesome. I mean, it was probably stupid of them to work with me. Yes, I, I would concur with that. <laughs> but yeah, we'll see. We'll see what this book does. It might, uh, it might be the only children's book I ever get published. But hey, it's here. It exists. And it's really, really hard to uh, get a children's book published. Because it turns out any idiot can write a 700-word story. I mean, I'm exhibit A. Uh, there's just, uh, if you think there's a lot of regular novel novel length books like if they tell people you can make just as much money for writing a fraction of the number of words like everybody wants to get on that train uh, but my words of course my 700 words are perfection and you should definitely read it uh, just google you can't be a pterodactyl or go to explodingunicorn.com and click on there and this book will definitely bring you far more enjoyment than anything you would see that might be famous on MTV which I believe doesn't even exist anymore like everyone has a place in their heart for pterodactyls who even knows what MTV is these days?
What? 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 It, I think it went off the air. I think the channel no longer exists. Uh. Ooh. <laughs> Did I just blow your mind? Did you just write a book called MTV Famous and you didn't didn't check to see if MTV was still around? <laughs> I will bet you a dollar. Ooh. That that channel still exists. Ooh. I have nothing to back up that brash bravado, but I I will lay a dollar on the line that MTV damn. I think some... you know what? I I'm going to take that yeah. back cuz I think the only reason I I just hear random things, random places, and I think MTV no longer exists. Okay, so we have a dollar at stake. One actual U.S. dollar, aside from the many hundreds of dollars I owe you in podcasting fees that I have yet to pay. <laughs> let's, just, <laughs> let's just double down here. Um, let's see here. I'm going to literally Google, does MTV still exist? Ooh, looks like I owe what? you a dollar. MTV is still around Woo! and still airing videos. They play them during the wee hours and viewership is down. Oh, wait, there's another thing that says, why is MTV uh, going off the air? MTV News is shutting down as uh, Paramount Media Networks moves to slash. Okay. I, I guess, uh, I think it still exists, but it is not in the same form it once was. There's nothing on here to say oh, it no. shut down. I made up things. For the first time in the history of this podcast, um, we got a fact wrong. Or I got a fact wrong. Everything else we've ever said now, is, of course, completely correct. Wait a minute. I will preface what I'm about to say by saying James Breakwell is not a mower. Like, what? he pays up when he loses it. That's a sheep's head term. <laughs> okay. But uh, you're from the Midwest. You actually know what sheep's head I've is. I've played it. It's, it's a stupid game. It's a worse version of Euchre. What? Yeah, they play it up. They play it in Wisconsin, the terrible place you're from. I was up there, and you know the euchre exists. It's the perfect game. And yep. somebody's like, "Why don't we play yep. Sheep's Head, a less fun, more yep. complicated version?" No. Which I guess makes sense because you're you know you just hate your life and you're just kind of killing the hours until you die. <laughs> so yeah, why not play Sheep's Head? But here God. in the rest of America, where we enjoy life, we play euchre. Uh, we used to stay up till two in the morning, four guys smoking cigars and playing Sheep's Head all night. But uh, the point is, you and I did make a bet years ago on the air, and you actually sent me a crisp $1 bill, and I can't remember what the bet was. One of our super fans will probably remember and let us know, but do you happen to remember off the top of your head? No, I'm just remembering now why I don't make bets. I am terrible at it. Terrible. <laughs> Man, I, I wonder where I heard that thing about MTV shutting down. I, I will say as a counterpoint, I don't know a single person who still gets MTV, but I guess I don't know anybody oh, who God. has cable anymore. Well, you missed out because when I was your age, a teenager, it was huge. My God, we used to plan, like when they would have a video premiere, like uh, everyone was in front of their TV that night to make sure they saw it. It was a big deal. But... It's now gotten me just a little bit better quality of rum because James Breakwell is going to be footing the bill and, man, I'm going to be running to the mailbox for the next few days. You know what? I am going to send yeah. it to you by PayPal to kill the joy you might have experienced <laughs> for, for receiving that physical dollar. Because what's a stamp no, now? Like 50 PayPal's cents? PayPal's going to take like four cents out of that. No, it's like 50 cents. I'm not going to pay a dollar 50 to pay you a dollar. That doesn't make any sense. I'm going to pay a dollar to pay you a dollar. 
Now, I mean, it takes it out of my end. It's going to take like three cents or four cents. They, there's a VIG that goes back to the house on a PayPal. I don't think if I mark down that you're family, I don't think it will. I'm going to lie and say you're my long lost <gasps> creepy uncle. And you are going to get going to get 100 percent of that dollar. I almost felt like friends and family of Breakwell, FOB. But now I find out I'm uh, I'm the guy that's no longer invited to Thanksgiving dinner in the Breakwell house. You write books in the bathroom, Steve. What would you think this was going? Like I, <laughs> I absolutely do. <laughs> yeah, I, man, I I don't know why you don't just go to you have a, an entire separate structure. That building out there, your second cabin is the ultimate writers retreat. Like people pay money to abandon their families for a week and go to places like that to write. You could put a desk on the wall, put up all your celebrity pictures, and then every once, you know, once every 9 years when somebody visits you, you can just step out of the cabin for the day and let them have it. You, you have a writers retreat on property and yet yeah. You insist on riding in the bathroom. Well, my son is living in that structure until fall when he goes off to college. So right now, I would be encroaching upon his personal space. I thought, and again, this this kills me that yeah. I know this. Yeah. I thought yeah. your wife and son had disappeared for multiple days for college-related pursuits because yeah. as you, a man on the grind who writes 11 books a year and has a day job... <laughs> Uh, you some, somehow were feeding yourself with Uncrustables, which my kids sometimes eat at school. I love Uncrustables. You got to add more jelly, though. But yes, yes, love them. They, can you not follow the steps to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich on your own? Is that beyond your culinary skills? Uh, listen, I'm not Julia Childs over here, James. <laughs> like, uh, if it's not prepared for me or microwavable, I, I, don't, I, I don't trust myself. Like, I, I will die of some poison-related ailment unless I can pull an Uncrustable out of the freezer and then still frozen, devour it with ladles of grape jelly pasted on top. So you're already adding the jelly. You take the item and you <laughs> add jelly. So I'm, I'm confused on the steps this saves you, especially since you probably have to defrost it or microwave it, which actually takes more steps than just making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich from scratch. What do you have against Uncrustables? I, I got a lot of hate online for the Uncrustables, so you're not alone in this assessment. But I don't understand the vitriol, James. Please. You're, you're paying a premium to do more work. They, it's like the people who slap like, tap water in a can and sell it. And they, <laughs> I mean, you're, you're taking bread, one of the cheapest items at the store, and peanut butter and jelly, two of the other cheapest ones. And instead of doing that, instead of just combining the ingredients yourself in the ratio you prefer, you are letting some factory slap these things together, cut off the crust, and jack up the price a thousand times for an inferior product that actually takes you more work. <laughs> Where is the upside? First of all, all of you assume that I have any idea what anything costs. <laughs> and that, to me, is cute. It really is. I don't know. These things show up in my freezer, and I like them. So I eat them. And that's the story of my life. Mrs. Steve, if you've ever seen Smokey and the Bandit, I'm just driving the truck. I'm Jerry Reed. And then Mrs. Steve is Burt Reynolds, probably closer to Sally Field. But uh, just keeping everything out of my way so that I can keep driving the truck. And uh, one of the things that's necessary to keep my truck drive smooth are a box of Uncrustables every once in a while. 
I, I, to me, this is the equivalent of like leaving a bowl of kibble out for the dog when you leave for the day. You just <laughs> you can't you can't open the bag yourself, so she's got to pour it out. You can't. I don't know. The, adding the jelly is what blows my mind. If you thought this was a finished product as is, I might allow. But the fact that you were taking the steps you would need to anyway to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, well, it profoundly upsets me. And after this episode, when somebody inevitably goes and makes a Wikipuffery page for you, I hope they will inc- include a fact about this, your lack of culinary skills and your lack of basic home economic sense. God, I've got to wiki you now. I, I got to do that search because your page was bloated to like two paragraphs Whoa. back when I first saw it. I, I, let me... So I don't know who went through with a hatchet and made sure to knock you down to size, but wow. Yeah, I... I think I told you I had a Wikipedia page for one day. One of my Twitter people made it and it got taken down. So you want to talk about soul crushing. Who... You've still got your name in life. Who took it down? Like there's no like central authority. It's all random users. What random? random user went through and was like, no, this person, this person in particular needs to be culled from the, the annals of Wikipedia. I have no idea. But they sent me the link and I saw it and I felt my chest swell with pride. And then like two days later, I went to show somebody and, and it was gone. And I deflated you know to what? half the size I was. I bet if you would give them a few breadcrumbs, you could actually have a justified page. First of all, you've published 97,000 books. So that's a real thing that you oh. check, checked on Amazon. Second of all, you at one time had an actual radio show, which if there is any yeah. like corresponding link on the internet to prove you hosted that radio show I think Wikipedia might acknowledge you exist I boy I don't know if a link exists that was back in 2001 maybe 2000 we all know so it's been a minute that was before the internet and also possibly before written records like that's back when they would occasionally you know take things down on (laughs) cuneiform tablets so so who knows what's back then but try to find that link and just gently nudge someone along one of our six listeners to see if they can make that page and maybe maybe you will be blessed with three lines rather than two and maybe you'll get the ultimate achievement of having a picture on there and then i'm going to go through and accuse you of wikipuffery (laughs) well i'll tell you what's not inflated and that's our viewer and listener count (laughs) for this show we are sitting strong at three and by by the power of Greystone, we'll improve to four or five someday. Maybe all of this free publicity with Breakwell's Wikipedia presence will draw more <laughs> listeners. we got to add this podcast to that listing, though. But in the meantime, we got to let you go. We've had all of this back buildup of, of uh, tension, like magma under Mount St. Helens, waiting to explode while Breakwell's been busy writing. And there it was. It was fabulous. I've got it all over myself. Oh. But until we meet again... <laughs> Until, whoops, we come face to phone and you have to experience a little piece of our lives that's probably not anywhere near as interesting as the rest of your day. But you feel golden handcuffs to keep coming back because we're so delightful. This is Steve Alimus, Dr. Steve for James the Exploding Unicorn, and now published children's author Breakwell, saying thanks for watching, thanks for listening, and remember, as always, two wrongs can make a right.